drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise, and so I will go to the king, which is against the law. If I perish, I perish. For Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther commanded him. So Purim is the celebration of a miracle that happened in Shushan. Just to give you the recap of what's happening there, is one day, a powerful Persian king by the name of Hasarath Bertie. He's going to throw a party now. Let's go through this really quick. He throws a party. You think you've been to some big parties before. This party lasted six months. Long, long, long party. He has all 127.
beautiful person inside of the Persian Empire. Uh, when her turn comes, she requested nothing but what Haggai, the king's eunuch, the custodian of the women, is like. And we're going to pick up there in just a second. Let me finish the story of Esther, and we'll go back in there in a second. Um, with Esther's ascension to the throne, also came Haman's jealousy. Yes, very good. So what will happen is he actually comes out of the, the, the palace one evening and everybody bows down in front of him except for one Jew. And that, of course, is Mordecai. Mordecai has the right not to bow because he wants to a plot that's going to kill the king. Some of you may know this plot. This plot was avoiding him and have a reboot. So Mordecai reports it. They discover it. And they have these two butlers and bakers removed from the king's staff and executed. And as a reward, Mordecai is given the right to stand in the royal people's presence. Well, Haman comes out of the out of the gate, supposed to move him now, comes out of the gate, and everybody bows down but Mordecai. This makes Haman angry. Makes him very angry. He goes back home and he's so angry, his wife comes and says, What's the matter with you? This is actually written in your Bible. What is wrong with you? He says, I've got wealth, I've got money, I've got power, I've got fame, I've got houses and land. I can have, he actually tells his wife, that I can have any woman in the kingdom that I want, but it's all for nothing if Mordecai won't bow down to me. Well, his wife says, well, you know what? Build a gallows and let's get him killed. Let's get him taken care of. Well, of course, Haman takes his wife's advice. He builds a very large gallows in his backyard and he devises a plan. He goes into the king and he gets the king to sign a decree. Now, this is a decree that's according to the laws of the Medes and the Persians. And the decree simply states this hey, on this particular day, and this is why we call it the Feast of Lots, because Haman threw dice, lots, to find out what day to do this. And it's going to be in our time frame of February, and actually Saturday, was forward here at our calendar here. Uh, but they find this day to do that, and they get the king to sign a decree that, hey, uh, throughout the land of Babylon, throughout the land of Persia, throughout the kingdom of the Medes, we're going to go through and kill all the Jews because they're not bowing down to us. King signs it. Haman's happy. I'm going to be able to legally kill Mordecai. He has this large, large, extreme large gallows built, as you know, in his backyard, and he is counting down the days. And that's when Mordecai discovers the plot. He sends the message to Esther, and so it begins. Now, let's back up to Esther, because we need to find out a little bit about her. She, of course, is able to go into the king. She's able to tell the king there's a plot to kill my people. And the king says, I don't even know what people you come from. And we learned something else in there, and that's called when somebody truly loves you, they're not really worried about where you came from. They're worried about what you're doing right now. That is what love is. Love doesn't care about what you used to be. Love doesn't care about what you're going to be. Love cares about who you are. Love is a verb. It's not a noun. It's something you do right here, right now, and it doesn't stop that way. So that's the second picture we learn in the book of Esther. But there's a third part that we don't often preach on, we don't often teach on. And that's what we're looking here in Esther chapter 2. This is called Amidah. Amidah is a Hebrew word. In fact, we have the Amidah prayer. Some of you may have heard of the Amidah prayer. It's a, a prayer that means protocol. That's what Amidah means, protocol, or a set way of doing things. Now, throughout my ministry and throughout my education, I have been taught over and over and over again that 
Esther wins the beauty contest because she's the most beautiful woman there is. And I think that's probably true. But I think there's something else that's happening. King Ahasuerus has virtually died. And I think it's something that we need to apply in our life today. See, there's very little talked about in religion in this book. In fact, the Word of God is not mentioned at all. But there is something that is so important in here that we need to learn about. Now, you know there's a picture about a Jewish princess marrying a Gentile prince, the king. And I know that you are smart enough to figure out the prophetic picture. You know from the book of Ruth, who's the other book in our Bible that has a woman's name. There's only two of them with women's names. Ruth, we have a Gentile beauty marrying a Jewish prince. And you know it's a picture of the church being drafted into Israel. But what's this a picture then? Uh, if that's a picture of the church being drafted into Israel, this must be a picture of Israel getting its eyes open to a soldier that looks very Gentile to them. In fact, that's what we'll see in the bottom of the With that being said, though, Esther reveals to her husband to a long, drawn-out series of dinners, and I want you to know that she knows exactly how to drive her husband to the point of insanity. She keeps him going, keeps him going, keeps him going, to the point where he's bursting, saying, what do you want, woman? And finally, she reveals, I just want to live. Me and my people want to live. He's like, who's going to kill you? She points that royal, dainty little finger at Haman. Boom! And she's like, him? Of course, Lots of neat things happen throughout the story. I want to encourage you to read the book of Esther. It takes you literally 25 books or 25 minutes to read the book. We call it the Magila in Hebrew. And we read it on form for that particular reason. And of course, they celebrate it. How do they celebrate it? They wear masks because the king didn't really know who Esther was until she revealed it to him. So they wear masks. It's like a costume party to them. They wear hats and things of that nature. And of course, they boo Haman's name. And they have lots of interesting foods and Spirit, we'll leave it at that. Okay. But the other part you need to learn about is called Amidah. And that's really what we're talking about tonight. I only got about 10 minutes left to talk about Amidah because there's a lot more happening with Esther here than her just being beautiful. I've heard preachers stand up and say she was so beautiful that the king could not help but marry her wrong. That is not what the king is looking for. You've got to understand why the king let Vashti go in the first place. Please understand, we need to applaud Vashti for saying no. We need to understand that Vashti did the moral correct thing. But the king is looking for something that people have forgotten. And I believe the church has forgotten it today. I believe the church has forgotten exactly what Esther teaches us. Because this is why Esther is chosen as queen. And what is that? It's called, I mean, God, it's called protocol. It's how do you treat a king. In fact, we've forgotten that Jesus Christ is the King of Kings. And we treat Him like He's some sort of buddy, some sort of friend, some sort of good luck charm. And we've forgotten that we are in the presence of the King of all kings. That's what Amidah is. Now look with me here in Esther chapter 2. Look, read with me in verse 15 to 18. Now when the turn came for Esther, the daughter of Adehel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as his daughter to go into the king, she requested nothing but heavy eye the king Judic, the custodian of the women of Oz. And Esther, listen to me, this last part here, Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. What are we getting at here? She didn't need makeup. 
She didn't need dresses. She didn't need pantyhose. She didn't need fake eyelashes. All she needed to do was treat the king like he needed to be treated. And I want you to know something, Christian. We have got to stop treating Jesus Christ like he's the king of kings and the lord of lords. We've forgotten that, and we've forgotten how to reverence him. That's what Amadot is, and that's what she does here. She reverences the king. He had been disgraced. He had been disrespected. And he wanted somebody to treat him like he was the king. When was the last time you treated Jesus like he's the king of kings instead of your best buddy? When was the last time you treated him like he's the Lord of Lords instead of your co-pilot? He is the king of kings. He is Jehovah Jireh. Church, he is El Shaddai. Are you hearing me this evening? Amida, how do you treat him? We treat his house like a gymnasium. We treat his house like it's pet personal project. We treat his house like it's not anything to do with him, but something to do with us. That's Amida. Holy call. How do you treat the king of kings? Esther knew how to do it, and she obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her simply because she didn't ask for anything. She said, I go with what God gave me. Let's look at the next verse here. So Esther was taken to the king of Hesperus into his royal palace, in the tenth month, which is the month of Tibet, in the seventh year of his reign, the king loved Esther more than all the other women, and she obtained grace and favor. That's twice we come across that favor. Grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So she set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Ashdai. Why? Because she treated him like a king. Thank you, Jim. Is Amen. That'll preach you in Texas. He is God Almighty. Since I'm running out of time, let me move a little bit closer here. Remember, Amidah, verse uh, 18 here. This is what they can't see with my eyes. Then the king made a great feast. The feast of Esther for all of the pictures of service, and he proclaimed a holiday in the province, and they gave gifts according to the generosity of the king. He treated him like he mattered. He treated him like he was a king. He treated him like he was worthy of respect. When's the last time we've done that with God? A lot of times we'll say, we do it all the time when I work with him. We treat him like he's a holy. We treat him like we come into his presence and he doesn't care. We treat him like he's lucky to have us in his presence. No, we are fortunate and he allows us into his presence. I'm Some of you know him quite well. He ended up falling in sin. 
of the top hookers, top girls, all kinds of uh, lobbied money, etc., etc., etc. You know, going to prison, activating things of that nature. An upcoming preacher came to visit him. I don't really care who this preacher is. Y'all would be. I did read this book. So. In the book, he mentioned going to visit Mr. Swagger in the prison. Because he got to visit Mr. Swagger there, he said, the first thing I had to find out was, when did you start loving God? Any? This is his word. He said, Jimmy said, I never quit loving God. I love God all the way through. So what I did do, I did this quick fear in God. I can't put on God here. I started treating him like he was ordinary. Like he was something for more than that. I'm going to give you three quick points. Put the work in your life. Comes out of the book of Proverbs. Ready? Go with me now in your mind's eye. Chapter 1 and verse 7. Are you ready? I bet you can quote it with me. I bet you know it by heart because you have Amidah. You take the words of the Lord seriously. We said, Meditate on the word of the Lord evening and morning. I know you do. You're a Baptist. What do you do with the book? What does Proverbs 1 7 say? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amidah, don't ever step out of the realm of the fear of the Lord. When you do, you're on your way to follow. When you can treat God like it doesn't matter, when you can say, well, God knows my intentions in my heart, and he'll make an excuse for it. You are ready. I'm saying to Ask Jesus Christ. Amidah, reverence, king, fear the Lord. The Bible tells us also in the book of Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is clean. And he keeps a young man. You see, I know what the Bible says. The Bible says all fire had a part in the lake of fire. The Bible says if you lust in your heart, you commit adultery already. And I am terrified because I know what it says. All adultery had a part in the lake of fire. It scares me to death. I mean, one of us has a Judas living inside of us as well. We got to let him go out and hang himself. To he might live two lives. Second verse. Take a look at it. I bet you know this from my heart as well. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on thine own understanding. And in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Ami God, do you reverence the Lord? If you do, then you will trust him with all of your heart, and you will quit leaning on your own understanding. Christian, God doesn't need you to work it out for him. He needs you to stop and let him work. You ever heard that old saying before? Don't just stand there and do something. Christian, don't just do something. Stand there and watch God. What's our job? Turn the other cheek. What's our job? Stand by and let God. Can I quote it for you? Stand still. See. Third one, are you ready for this now? This is my personal favorite one right here. We're looking at how to uh, reverence the Lord, and we're looking at Amidah, we're looking at putting the fear of the Lord back in our hearts and our lives, and we're looking at trusting in Him with all our hearts, and we got to look at Proverbs 3, verse 6 as well. All our ways acknowledge Him. He's so 
want to know God's will for your life? Start acknowledging Him for everything you do. Start acknowledging Him wherever you go. Acknowledge Him everything you do. You know, God is still God even when you're at home and you're out of the church. God is still God when you're on your phone all by yourself. God is still God when you're in your car and you have to stop sign and the cops come school buses are going by. And he's amen in the back of God. Well, I don't know what I'm talking about. Everybody look at God. <laughs> 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 All your ways acknowledge Him. Then you should be able to tell him. Take him by the hand and you should God's blessing. Start acknowledging Him. That's what the book of Esther is all about. Can you speak to Him? That's the king. The last time you had to do like God Almighty, instead of a good luck charm, a buddy, some sort of magic word, magic being, whatever the case may be, he is El Shaddai. In fact, I want to give you another word for him that I don't often preach on. El Elyon, God's most high. You want to know another one tonight? El Shaddai, God of angel Well, you know, God, you was here. Can you smell my feet when I take my shoes off my feet? We take God like He's a friend. He is. We need to remember He is in the King and the Lord of Lords. Just as with the protocol. There's a protocol. When He comes, make sure you're the kind of light He's going to put a crown on. Can I tell you something else? Let this be. Not coming back for a promiscuous woman. Coming back for a surgery. That's what the bride of Christ is. She's coming back for a virgin. So make sure you're not bowing down to other gods. Make sure you're not worshiping. Make sure you're not allowing it in your house. Why? Because you got on the dog. I'm going to close with that word of prayer. Please step with you tonight. I'm going to give you an opportunity to come grab me. Grab somebody. You should see one verse. Please step with you. Would you be willing to surrender yourself to Jesus?